0: Welcome to this message by Pascal Nguyen. Pastor Pascal is a seasoned minister of the Word of God, whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of ministry are a great inspiration to many lives. He's the Senior Pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. You will experience the transformational power of God's Word as He ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. I'm starting a series this morning and I'm entitling it, Impactful Living. Impactful Living. Impactful Living. Psalm 36 verse 9, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Say with me, impact. 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 In your light, we see light. Through your light, we have seen light. That's impact. I mean, the light didn't only benefit you. The light that reached you has benefited others. And that is what I call impact. That is what I call impact. And I believe that's a better way to live your life. Because I do not want 2024 to be a wasted year, like many other years have been. What can make this year impactful? What can bring meaning to your life this year? That's what I'm talking about this month. Matthew 5:14 to 16 Jesus says you are the light of the world not the light of your life not the light of yourself the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden The 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 town that is built on a hill will be felt. People will see it. It will impact people. It it is on a hill. You can you cannot hide it. The impact will be clear. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stands. And it gives light to everyone in the house. Say with me, impact. Mm, mm. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good works or your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, David says, in your light, we see light. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Which means that you have something, but God wants that thing to touch others. Praise the Lord. Now I've been thinking, you know, of late. You to just find what can cause us as a church, as a people, to secure the help of God in our lives. So when I look at us, when I look at people all the time, I can see a bereavement of the help of God. I can see people that want to achieve things, but they keep getting disappointed. I can see people who want to accomplish, who want to achieve, but they don't know how to get that result. It's not that they don't know what they want. They know what they want. But they don't know how to get it. And this has been a concern to me. And I'm trusting the Lord that this year, the teachings that will come will really be aiming at answering the how-to, more of the how-to, like just how do you get this, how to achieve this. So it will be more empowering this year by the grace of the Lord. Praise Jesus. Amen. So I want you to know that this teaching is not coming from a place of using you. This teaching is coming, the, my, my intentions and my motives are, how do we get to a place Where the help of God is guaranteed. Where we don't have to struggle to get the results we want to get. And I'm telling you, unlike what I thought, that thought was, I mean, like that that inclination was going to take me to maybe certain keys and this and, you know, like this and this and that. I'm surprised that God is actually taking me to something that seems basic, but it is the foundation of every power. It is the foundation of every result. It is the foundation of every great life. Now, it seems so basic that people ignore it all the time. They don't give value to it. And as you're going to say, as I take you to you, realize that it's nothing new. There is not something we are readily doing with our life. And I'm just praying and trusting God that we'll have not just a change of mind this month, but also a change of hearts. What I'm really trusting God for is that our hearts will get attached and that our hearts will change. Because that's where the problem is. Why do we need to live impactful lives? Why is that important? I started this thing last week with the Vision Sunday. James 4 14, just for the time we have. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. So I was saying last week that life in itself is so short. For it to be wasted too. Initially, God gave a lot of years to humans. I Me mean, to say, I live for nine hundred and sixty-nine years. That's a long time. I mean, you can correct mistakes over and over again. You can fix. You can do so much in that. Last, I mean, even a hundred years now will be a greatest gift. Not to talk of 969. That was a long time. Today, if you hit 50, 60, man, that's that's great. 70, wow, that's incredible. 80, 90, wow, you are. We shall all by the grace of God cross 70 with ease. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. He says, you are a mist. So even when you are 100 years, it's just a mist. Because indeed, comparing to 900 and something years, it's just a mist. I mean, like you, just, you are just playing. You are one month in the womb. So life is so short that to waste it also now, first of all, it's short. So you, even when you now realize what it is that you are supposed to do, sometimes... You are at the end when you discover that. You don't have a chance to even come back and correct. You you don't have many years more. I believe that this message should be so valuable to some of you. Because, you know, you can correct now and get it right. So the reason why we need to live impactful lives is simply, number one, because life is very short. It's so short. I mean, one minute you are here, one minute you are gone. So there must be something more valuable that you are living for than just the normal stuff. Do you understand? So not to say that your other needs are not important, but if you are living for them, then you will not be a light through which others will receive light. At most, you will only be the one to receive the light. And so as soon as you clear, everything will clear with you. I think there must be more to life than just that, than just all these things. And as you you look around and as we, we explore this month, you will see that life is deeper than just eating and drinking and getting a few things going. There's much more to it. What is an impactful life? In my opinion, an impactful life is a life that touches other lives positively. Is a life that touches other lives. A life that touches other lives positively. That is an impactful life. A life that touches other lives. A life that touches other lives. In your light, we see light. A life that touches other lives. Positively, positively, positively. Your life is affecting, impacting the lives of other people. That's impact. An impactful life, in my opinion also, is a life that transforms other lives. That certain things would never had changed in this person's life until they met you. Ever since they met you, there's a transformation. Something has changed in the way they live, in the way they think, in the way they act, in the way they spend their money. Something has changed in their lives because they came across you. That's impact You've impacted them. I'm sure you've met people that you were with maybe for a week or two weeks they left your life, nothing changed in your life you are still the same person there are some people you've lived with them for years and nothing has ever changed in your life because of them but once in a while you come across a person just one hour of talking to the person you can't recover from it you can't recover from it that's why the Lord says you are the light of the world people should not recover from their encounters with you That every time a person comes across you, there must be an impact. There must be something that you leave them with. That that is an impactful life. It's a life that causes other people to review their lives. It's a life that affects others. It transforms them. It transforms them. An impactful life is a life that glorifies God. The giver of life. Don't tell me that you are living a life of impact if all that is glorified is your achievements. By the way, God is the giver of life. So I cannot talk of impact if at the end of the day, Jesus is not glorified. That's why the Bible says that then men shall glorify your Father who is in heaven. When people see the result of your impact, it will cause them to see there is a God in heaven. Impact. What is an impactful life? It's a life that will be rewarded in eternity. Some lives, their only reward will be here. And we thank God for the achievements. But if all that you will ever receive as an award is what you're going to get here, then maybe the impact was not strong enough. There should be more to that. Hallelujah. And an impactful life is a life that will definitely get rewards here, but it will get rewards even in eternity. I'm sure you remember the Lord Jesus telling us that one day will appear before me and he will say to you, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. And he will start rewarding people. Do you think that sin is going to take place on earth? No, it's a sin that is waiting for us in eternity. Rewards are waiting for people in eternity, but it is based on, well done, well done. You did something. You left, you left a mark. You did something that is not causing you to be rewarded. If all you are looking for is earthly rewards, then you, should start, you need to start rethinking. Because there's, there's something else that is coming. Paul speaking to in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. This crown is not on earth, it's in eternity. And he's talking about something awaiting him. In eternity, he says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Which day is this? The day of rewards. I'm sure you've seen award ceremonies on earth where people are gathered together from all walks of life and people are called on stage and they are receiving awards. I'm telling you this morning that a day is coming when there will be a day and God will call people and he will be rewarding. Do you think God will be rewarding you because you built nice house on earth? That God will be rewarding you because you are wearing nice clothes, designer clothes? God will be rewarding you because your, your plasma TV was bigger or, and then you got, you got another one bigger? God will be rewarding you because you knew how to change the tires of your car? Do you think that is what th- this day is going to be? Rewarding you because you cook very well? No. This is another thing and people live their life oblivious of this reality is that like this day doesn't exist. Yet is coming. He says, and not to me only. Like this crown is not just for Paul. He says, Not to me only, but to but also to all who have loved his appearing. All to those that have also enjoyed Jesus, have wanted Jesus to come, have loved Jesus, and have lived their life for Jesus. The Bible says, Crowns are also awaiting them. What is a life of impact? It's a life that is spent serving God. The Bible says that you cannot serve God in money. It seems like at some stage, you need to choose who you're going to serve. And you're going to decide who you're going to serve. You're going to decide who, who is going to take the best of you. And that is where the impact is going to come from. Yes. The book of Acts 13, verse 36, a beautiful scripture. The Bible says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When David had served God's purposes in his own generation. What a scripture. What a loaded verse. You are serving not your purpose. God's purposes in your generation. Why is it important to, to specify your generation? You see, because you only matter for the period of time. No matter how powerful Smith Wigglesworth was, he does not have the impact in this generation that he had in his generation. When Smith Wigglesworth was alive, that was the time to do what he had to do. The day he gave his last breath, that was over. Never to be repeated. It's That's why it is said when it's done, it's done for eternity. You can't change it. You can't come back and review it. So let it have all the impact it can have because this is all you have. Maybe all you have is 25 years. Not that you will only be alive for 25 years, but maybe all you have is 25 years to impact. Maybe all you have is three weeks. All Jesus had was three years. By the way, he only lived 300 30, I mean he only lived 33 years and a half. And all he had was three years and a half to do what he had to do. And boy, he did it so well. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, I'm appealing this morning to those who keep waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. Your generation is already looking at you. This is your time to do something in your generation. This is the time to trust God to anoint you so that you can impact this generation. Another generation is coming. You will not be able to tell them anything. They will have their own david. This is your time. This is your year. This year is part of you reaching God's purposes in your generation. This is it. And I know we have this mind. No, I'm still preparing, and this and that, and this and and I, and I believe in preparation. But some people are preparing for eternity. They've, they've never achieved nothing. They they are forever preparing. They are forever trying. Now I want to ask you a question, or I want to just draw your mind into something. What if you are already in the time frame? where God is expecting you to serve your generation. What what if this is it? I'm talking to you. What if what is happening to you right now, you are already supposed to be serving God's purposes in your generation, as you are taking your time, as you are relaxed, as you are giving it another night, Another day. As you are praying less, reading less, doing less, you are just you are thinking, no, as I have time, no. Uh, you are imagining a day that is coming. You are imagining a season that is coming. But my question this morning is, what if you are already in the season? What if the season you are expecting, you are already in it and you didn't even realize? You didn't even realize it. You didn't even realize it. And and I think this is why there's so much irresponsibility, so much laziness, so much delays, because people think they have time. They think they can still do it anytime. But ask any woman, she will tell you, after a certain age, you cannot have children, even if you want to. You can't. You can't. Because your fruitfulness Your productivity has a time frame attached to it. The Bible says, when David had served God's purposes, not just in time, in his own generation, there is a time that God allocates for you to also do what you are supposed to do. You don't have forever. You don't have forever. God has something for you to do, but you don't have forever to do it. You don't have forever. And the sooner you and I put our minds together and determined to be like David, because David is the one who says, in your life you see light. He was clear about impact. He understood it. One of the things that I want to do is to serve God's purposes in my own generation. Yeah. And when my generation has passed, man is just to train others and assist them. So that they can also do it in their own generation. What this implies to precious people of God is that we are responsible to revealing God in our generation. If we don't reveal him well, it will have an impact. If we reveal him partially, it will have an impact. If we don't reveal him at all, it will have an impact in our generation. So when a generation doesn't have a David, that generation can grow up and not know God. I want to ask you the question, where is the David of your generation? Where is the giant slayer of your generation? Where is the city builder of your generation? Where is the worship leader of your generation? A man, a man who hears from God and communicates the thoughts of God to a generation. Affects the lives of people that they even became a nation properly established. Today's message, Finding Meaning for My Life. Finding meaning. Meaning. Not money for my life. Because what is going on? Finding money for my life. But I want to challenge you this morning. Let's live to find meaning. Not just money, but meaning for my life. Serving God's purpose in my generation. Before I take you quickly through a few thoughts as I close. I would like to attack what is responsible for us being the way we are. See, there's something that causes you and I to not be so interested in finding any meaning necessarily. There is something that is working in us that is affecting how we are responding to the demands of our generation. And this thing begins with how do we view Impact. What, what, what is impact as far as we are concerned? What is an impactful life? I've just given you a definition of impact. Maybe I could have done it even after. Because, but, but I just showed you what I believe an impactful life is. But you'll be surprised this morning that everybody watching and listening to me has an idea of what they think impact is. And based on what you think impact is, that will determine your pursuit that will determine your effort. That will determine what you are, you are trying to achieve. Because if it's what you feel, this is what will mean my life has saved something. When, when, when this happens, it means my life means something. And because that thing that you are seeing in your mind means something to your life, that's what you're going to pursue. That's what you're going to pursue. Are you with me? Now, in, on earth, where you and I are living, Impact is not defined by the things I've just mentioned. That's not how impact is defined. On earth, impact is defined by success. The the, the more successful materially you are, apparently you are very impactful. Impact is defined by career achievements or attainments. So if you look at The world, you will see that these are the things they are pursuing because they really believe that if I achieve this, if I attain this, I have now, I have had impact. So you find people fighting to be at the top of the organization, ready to pay any price so that they can be at the top. Because really, no matter the cost that it is involving, for them, This is what will show that I have achieved something. I have had impact. I hope I'm talking to you. Now, status. Status. People are doing things for status. Titles. It means a lot in this world. Your status. Are you from a first class country? Are you from a third world country? Which country are you from? what is what, what like it matters a lot in this world which area do you live which neighborhood which suburb what is the street, your street name hmm? can you give us the street name status it matters a lot to people so people will pull out of the will of God just so that their number plate registration can be GP or something else. Because it matters a lot to them that are now using a white number plate with blue writings on it. Status. I live in this neighborhood. They will live all their life so they can own a thing in this area. I'm trying to show you how st- uh, 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 impact... Is viewed in the world we are living in. Fame is a tool people use to judge their impact. So the more like I get, eh, the more followers I have, I feel that I am impactful. So people are into those things. Wealth. Accumulation of wealth. It's a way to judge the impact of a person. Influence. People, even today, they call themselves influencers. It's a title that somebody has, he's an influencer. Yeah. And he really is. He will wear something, more than a million people will wear it. Hmm? Recognition. I'm showing you, these are not all, a couple of elements that are used in our world to define impact. And because that is what people use to define impact, that's what people pursue. House after house. Car after car. Move from this country to that country for another job. That's, the whole life is spent doing that. Hmm? I hope you are still happy. Hmm? Matthew 6, 31 to 33, the Bible says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Now, this is a profound statement. For pagans run after all these things, they run after all these things. That's their pursuit running after something you are pursuing it that's what you want to achieve that's where your heart is if you could just get this pagans are running after these things but he says and your heavenly father knows that you need them now jesus is not saying those things are bad Jesus is not saying eating is bad. Jesus is not saying having a house is bad. He is even saying your father knows that you need it. I mean a need is better than a want. A need is greater than a want. He says your father knows you need those things. However, that should not be your pursuit. That should not be the main thing you want to achieve. Hey, Pastor, but if I don't pursue it, who will do it for me? Your father knows you need it. He knows. He knows. I'm a father. Boy, I tell you time and time again, long before my children can even think that I can think of something, I've already thought about it. They are always surprised. How come did he talk about this? He said, that's exactly They will be there, feeling that oh, who could this and this and that. But your father knows you need it. It's nothing new to him. It's nothing new to him. The statement that is hitting me say is a pagan's run. You know what is a pagan? A pagan is somebody who doesn't know God. A pagan is somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God. It's it's an unbeliever. Pagan is unbelievers. Unbelievers run after these things. That's what they are trying to achieve. That's their pursuit. But your father knows you need them. 1033, that I'm sure all of you know. But seek first. Let your pursuit Be different. Let your pursuit be different. Let your inner motivation, the main thing you want to achieve with your life should not be, I want a bigger house, I want an X5, X7, X8. That should not be the like, the day I get it, I can die in peace. No. That is, you are like an unbeliever now. That's how they live. That's all. Look, they are not pursuing those things to do something. else. There's nothing else. That's why they are all passionate, all given to it. They give it their all. And they seem to be getting a lot of those things because you see, that's all they will ever get. There's nothing else to the most of them. He says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, watch. And all these things, which one, the ones we we're talking about just now. He they said they, 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 they run after these things. He said, those things that they run after, you will be given them. They run after it, He gives it to you. Which one is better? Running after things or trusting God, serving the purposes of God, and God as you well are serving His purposes, He gives you all these things. Hmm? All of them will be given to you. The problem I'm, I'm, saying, I'm taking you to the problem that that's why we are not living impactful life impactful lives. That's why we are not pursuing impact or a certain type of impact with our life because you see we have turned like unbelievers. What they pursue, we are pursuing. Where they are, we also are. And we, you know, this. Our generation is reminding me of Israel at a certain stage of their lives. In the book of 1 Samuel 8, 19 to 20, we find a situation where the whole nation of Israel went to Samuel to say to Samuel, give us a king. Now Samuel said to them, why do you want a king? What what do you want to do with a king? He said, no, 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 give us a king. Okay, Samuel talked to himself, and I think this guy don't understand what comes with having a king. So he took them through the list. He says, if you get a king, a king will take your lands. A king will take your sons and send them to war. When you, when you uh, plant crops in your field, the king will possess them. The king will do as he pleases with everything that you have. That's, that's what it means to have a king. A king will take your daughters for his own wives. When he was done, he thought that after he has explained to them What it means to have a king. They'll come to their senses and say, Hey, I think the way we've been is okay. I mean, we don't need a king. No, 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 no. In verse 19, the Bible says, The people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, We want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations. There you have it. There you have it. We want to be like the other nations. We want to look like the other nations. We want to have what the other nations have. That's where our problem is coming from. Our problem is coming from the fact that we are not aware that God is not trying to get us to be like other people. God is trying to get us to be different from other people. That is where our problem is coming from. That's why people don't come to church for prayer. Because they are trying to be like other people, they are trying to. The motive, the the the, the reasoning behind their actions is that I saw a girl wearing this, I must also have it. I saw a guy drive this, I also want to drive it. So I'm going to work extra hard. And that, and that we are just all cut caught up in this thing where we want to be like the other nations. We want to be like this one. I want to look like that one. I want to be in that one's position. I want to drive what this one is driving. We want to be like the other nations. And it is because of that that our pursuit and our understanding of impact has changed. Even this message now might not be well received. Because it's as if God, Pastor, I say, let's pull out of all these things that we are trying. Man, I just showed you. He said they will be given. He says they will be given. Well, Pastor, I've been, I've been waiting. Nothing has been given. He didn't say wait, they will be given. He said seek the kingdom. Get involved in the kingdom. Let what, what, what matters to the kingdom start mattering to you. Well, no, I'm okay. Pastor said I shouldn't, Pastor said we shouldn't pursue nothing. So, okay, we're gonna, okay, so, so we wait. Nobody said we should wait. I didn't say we should wait. The Bible says that David served the purposes of God in his generation. And boy, God blessed him. Romans 12, verse 2 Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform. Do not conform. Do not conform. We want to be like all the other nations. I want to look like this colleague of mine. I want to sound like this one. I mean, that's what is going on in the mind. That's why people are not serving God the way they should serve God. That's why people are not giving to God the way they should give themselves to God. I hope this message will bring deliverance to your spirit today. That you will realize that. And and the more we we are just caught up in this frustration where we are chasing things and we never catch them. That's what happens with the, the pagans. They run for their lives. All their lives they are running, 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 running. And they make you work. Ah, they work. You work. You work. When you are 60 or 63, then they say, okay. Now you've worked. Go now and enjoy your retirement. Most of these people die after three days, after three, three weeks, four weeks, one month, one year. They are dead. Most of them die out of depression. So all my life I have spent it here. And this is what I'm getting. My whole life has ended here. And sometimes it's that depression that, okay, so, so what was I here for? So this is all? No. There must be more. And I'm saying some of you are so blessed that you are receiving this early that you can correct your steps to not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind i believe that people's minds are being renewed this morning your mind because it happens in the mind this is where the whole game is played the mind is thinking in a certain way and that's why no matter what pastor says it doesn't mean much much to you no matter what you hear because the mind is set I need to get this. I need to achieve this. I need to... But I'm telling you this morning, that's how the penguins are. You are just like one of them. First John 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Do not love it. So this thing you are using for the standard of your life, God says don't conform to it then God says, don't love it. Isn't it that it's very common today to see believers that love the world? <laughs> believers that are too much into the world. Mm. We are attacking the heart, the root. This is where the problem is coming from. This thing that we are, try- we are trying to touch, we are trying to remove the leaf. it's not there. The problem is here. The problem is that I have a conviction that impact of my life is if I drive a BMW 4 Series or 7 Series. A impact, I will be a woman of impact if, if I come out of this type of vehicle, if I wear this type of shoes. I will be a man of impact if I have this, if I have this. If I, you see, that is what we are using to define impact. And that's why we are very different from generations of old. Very different. Very very different. I want to give you three reasons why I think we shouldn't use the world for our standard. Number one, the world is passing away. First John two, sixteen to seventeen. This world is passing away. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, uh comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Think about that. Why must you not use this world for your standard? Because this world is under the control of Satan. 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. This thing you are using for your standard is controlled by Satan. So actually, you have come under the control of Satan because you are using a pagan to decide what is important to you, but the pagan is controlled by Satan. So all of a sudden, you too have become controlled by Satan. The whole world, the Bible says, is under the control of the evil one. So most of the things you see people do, they wouldn't do them if they were not controlled by the evil one. And you are taking them as your standard of reference. They are your own models. They are your, your measuring stick. But the people you are using to measure yourself are controlled by the evil one. They are under a different system. Which means, if they were not under that system, could it be that they would not be doing what they are doing or in the way they are doing it? You should know better. You should know better. Jesus told us in Luke sixteen fifteen. what what people value highly is detestable in god's sight what people value highly what people value highly is detestable in god's sight so be careful when you are into something because a lot of people are into that thing be very careful i wish and i pray that our generation we look a little bit like the people we are reading in the Bible. I pray for myself that I should look a little bit more like the people I see in the Bible. Because we are so different and it seems like the gap is getting wider and wider and wider people of God, let's open our eyes. And I'm telling you, at the foundation of this thing, is what we are pursuing, what we are running after. What are you running after? That is where the problem begins, because everybody is trying to achieve something. And you see, uh, your achievement determines your pursuit. That's where the problem is coming from. That's why our fathers are not in church. They are running all over. And death hits them along the way and they are cleared in the system. Are you going to repeat the same mistake? Are you going to repeat the same mistake? Are you going to hear this? Oh, that was a very powerful word. But you know what? I still want to achieve this thing. I mean, I'll come, I'll come to it later. For now, you know what? I'm into this. Boy, I want to, to, be, to be very honest with you. I have seen clearly how, you see, when your heart is right with God, like you really want to serve God and please God. I tell you, God will give you things that people are indeed running after. He will give them to you. He will give them to you. And your life will not be a depressing life, especially towards the end. Most of these people that you see looking to the life are very great and very... Most of them, especially the celebrities... They end up broke in mental institutes, uh, ropes on their neck, all kinds of things, because nobody can unlive the Bible, or nobody can add truth the Bible if, I, if there's such a way. Uh, what the Bible says is what's going to happen. I mean, you can choose to line up now, or you can say, no, 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 I want to okay, go ahead and explore. I wish we were more like the Moses. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 25, by faith, not that it was there, but just by faith. Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused the title. Do you know what it meant to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter at that time? Pharaoh was the greatest man in the world, and his daughter is saying that you are her child. Do you understand the implication of being Pharaoh's child, Pharaoh's daughter's son? Man, I wish this generation was like Moses. That you will have such a glorious opportunity to have such a great life in Egypt. But the Bible says Moses refused. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. Moses saw beyond Egypt. Listen to me. Moses, saw, Moses looked at Egypt and Moses said, in a few years, Egypt will be nothing. What is Egypt today? Do you tell me, what is Egypt today? Do you consider Egypt today as a great nation? But do you know that at this time, Egypt was the greatest nation in the world. Can I tell you something? That thing you are pursuing today, if God could give you the eyes of the Spirit, you will see that in three years' time, it will be nothing. Nothing. But God wishes that you will make the decision today by faith that you entering three years and realizing it is nothing. say, like, hey, yeah, 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 Lord. hey, Lord, you are right. eh? Okay, no, let's leave it. I wish this generation was a little bit more like Elisha. Second Kings two nine. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask! What may I do for you? Before I am, I am taken from you. I want you to ask you a question. If today a great person was to ask you, what can I do for you? before I am taken. But brother, be sincere. What will you ask? What will you ask? What will you ask if you are given the opportunity to ask? That thing you will ask reveals your heart. It reveals actually what is seated deeply, what you value, what you believe to be great, what matters to you. That thing you will ask reveals clearly what you what you really believe is impact and meaning. So he gave him a blank check. Ask, what can I do for you? You dare not give such a blank check to this generation. You will regret to ask. Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Wow. What a request. What an opportunity to ask for a house. What an opportunity to ask for Anything. I mean, you could have asked for the shoes. You could have asked for the donkey. You could have asked for the house he left behind. You asked for his spirit. Mm, Elisha asked for something spiritual when he was given an opportunity to ask. I wish our generation was more like Moses, more like Elijah, Elisha. And certainly, more like Paul. Philippians 3:7 to 8. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost. Things and consider them garbage that I'm again Christ. I wish (laughs) our generation was a little bit more like this. That we can consider this garbage, that garbage. Look, me preaching to you, I'm not at this level. I'm trusting God. That I can really look at things around me and I think these are garbage. This is garbage. Do you know what is garbage? The King James says it's done. It's poo-poo. Paul says your car is poo-poo. Your house is poo-poo. All these things, poo-poo, poo Your clothes are poo-poo. Your iPhone, your Samsung, hey, it's poo-poo. You can't imagine that your iPhone is poo-poo. Me, my iPhone, poo-poo. Do you know how many months it took me to buy it? Do you know what I'm paying every month for it? You are saying it's poo-poo. That's exactly where Satan wants us to be. Satan will like us to be so engraved into the pursuit of these things that they become gold and silver and diamond to us. That's what he wants. As I close, let me give you a way out. What does God value? What does God value? I think this can help us get meaning for our lives. Number one. God values souls. I repeat. God values souls. Souls are important to God. Very important. Look at Jesus. What shall it profit a man If he gains the whole world. Do you understand what is the whole world? He said, if you gain all of it and you lose your soul, it's the worst thing that can can ever happen to you. The soul of a man is priceless. God values souls more than the car you are trying to buy. God values souls more than the position you're trying to attend to. God values souls more than the phone you're trying to get. And I'm saying to you, because you are planning to meet God one day, you rather need to start today adjusting your values, adjusting what is important, because it seems to me that what is important to him is not important to this world. Maybe because he knows better, he created everything. I mean, if you created everything, you will know what is more important. Mm-hmm. Don't you think so? That's why Proverbs 11.30 says, he who wins souls is really wise. I mean, you have entered a degree of wisdom to see the value in a soul more than in a car. To realize that winning a soul is more important than winning a lottery. If you could get to that realm, Where winning souls is your greatest pursuit. (laughs) That's why he's asking us this year, go. Therefore, not make money, make disciples. Win people. That's a life impact, The Bible says in Daniel 12, verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness, say with me, impact, you are turning people. I told you that impact means your life is transforming the life of others. He says, those who turn many to righteousness, they will shine like the stars forever and ever. What a reward. That God will give to anyone that turns a person that is a sinner into a, a Christian, and establishes that person in the church. He says you will shine. First of all, in this life, and in the one to come. Now your mind has to decide what is important. Now I can tell you, I'll be pondering on this subject because. I can assure you right now, this is why we are not working for God. This is why we are not doing it the way we should do it. It's because there is a belief, and that belief is controlled by the world system. You've never challenged, have you ever challenged your beliefs? Have you ever challenged them with the word of God? Have you ever taken your time to ask yourself, okay, why am I doing this? Where is the Bible? Where are the supporting scriptures for these things that I'm doing? You'll be surprised. I said, I don't want you to check the scriptures. He wants you to continue deception. But the truth is coming. The Bible says you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. Living a life of impact is all about turning meaning onto righteousness. Sister, when you go on visitation, without a camera following you to applaud you, when you are reaching out to people finding out how they are doing doing for them what even their father doesn't do for them doing for them what their mother has never done for them you are sitting them down teaching them the word of God teaching them about God do you think this is nothing you know the world you are living in will tell you this is nothing because their system of appraisal has been diverted. For them, for something to be something, you must be wearing a one-yard skirt, eh? and then you must be having, your whole your face must be painted almost naked, then you are something. But I'm telling you, as you go to those people, reaching out to them, I'm talking to your heart this morning, what you are doing is not nothing are reaching a soul. You are reaching the most precious thing that exists. And it carries the most precious rewards. That's the life of impact. That's the life I want to live. And I promise you as I chase this you will see how these other things will come around. And they will all come around to serve this purpose. Not to hold me and hijack me and take me away. They will all come and line up with the main purpose. If the car enters, it serves the purpose. If a house enters, it serves the purpose. If a person enters, they serve the purpose. Everything around me seeks the will of God. It seeks to fulfill the will of God. Whenever it enters, it's just like a river. You throw something in the river, it just starts flowing. It, it, It goes with the flow. Not this thing that has come and diverted the whole flow of the river. The river was going this way. Now a whole new road has been made. Forgive us, Jesus. Well, this is how you are finding meaning to your life this morning. It's up to us. I pray for you and myself that this word will change our hearts. Hmm. will change our hearts. When you leave this word, and you and I will someday. We will leave this world. People must say, "She did this for me." She did this for me. People must not. It will be very difficult for people to even all speak. You have touched so many lives in so many ways. Don't be a person when you die. People have nothing to say. I've heard of people when they die, people buy rope to put in their eyes so they can cry, because the tears are not coming. Live a life of meaning. You might not have the biggest house in the area. Maybe you have the biggest heart in the area. Most people with big houses barricade them, they become a prison where they live inside. God will bless you with houses, but you'll never be in prison in those houses. Mm-mm. God will bless you with cars. But you'll never be in prison inside a car. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It should be vehicles and tools to save his purposes. Thank you, Father. Stand on your feet this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Why don't you just start thanking him right where you are? Start thanking him right where you are. Start thanking him right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. You are being challenged. We are being challenged. We are being challenged. We are being challenged. We are being challenged to love you more. We are being challenged to come back to the heart of the matter. We are being challenged from the root to review our plans, to rethink how we do things, to really see the dilution that is in our hearts, the contamination that is in our souls and in our minds, and to admit that we have allowed the enemy access. Satan has been ruling our minds ruling our thoughts ruling our values and we've never challenged him. This morning the word has come to challenge us so that we can challenge what is going on on the inside of us. Father thank you. Thank you for your word. 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 But I believe the out of this word the, the fruit of this word will be a more yielded, more yielded generation, a more yielded generation, a more willing generation, ready to serve God, willing to do the will of the Father. Thank you, Father. We surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you, and we ask you to forgive us. You gave us life, and we are, it seems like we don't believe that you deserve this life back. It seems like you gave us life for ourselves. But the scripture is clear that those that were saved should not live for themselves, but to the one who died for them. Father, help us. Help us, help us. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. us. We have become like pagans. We have become like pagans. Like the prodigal son. We are throwing ourselves in the mud. We, have just, we we seem like we lack identity. We are trying to be like everybody. We are like generation of Israel. That was asking for a king. Meanwhile they were led by the king of kings. Have mercy on us Jesus. Redeem our lives Jesus. Before it's too late. Before our little life. Our little mist. Has been wasted chasing the wind. Our little miss has been wasted chasing things that don't exist. Things you would have given us anyway. Is what we are running after. Nothing could be more deceiving. Than Satan telling Eve. You will be like God. Meanwhile she was already like God. He said to you you will have this. Meanwhile you already have it. Nothing could be more deceiving. Help us this morning Lord. Help us this morning Jesus. Cash us. Change us. Give us the right perspective. Help our minds to align. In the name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. We give you thanks. This morning I want to pray for you. Maybe you are not born again. I want to lead you in a prayer. That will cause Jesus to enter your heart. I'm telling you, you have no life until you have Christ. The Bible says, whoever has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. What you have is, is just creational life. The life that all the animals the ants, everybody has. That's not, that's not the life God wants you to have. God wants you to have eternal life. Cows don't have eternal life. They can never have it. Don't live with the life that animals have. High is a bit high. Now I want you to pray for you. I you saying, Pastor I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to be born again. That's a good thing. Raise your hand and I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You are saying, I'm already born again, but this morning, I want to just surrender my life. I want to surrender my purposes, my dreams. I want to take on the dreams of God. There's a song we usually sing in this church. It says, I give myself away, so you will use me. Take my life, take my heart as a living sacrifice. Maybe that's what you are saying this morning. As you are at a committee, say, Lord, just take my life as a living sacrifice. At the count of three, you can raise your hand. One, two, three, raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together from the bottom of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I repent for my sins, for my evil ways. I can clearly see I've been under deception. And this morning, your light has come to shine in my darkness. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me so I can live for you. This morning, I give you my life. I give you my heart. All that I have, all that I will ever have, I choose to give it to you. I believe living for Jesus is the best decision I can make for my life. And that's how I want to be remembered. A man who lived for Jesus. A woman who lived for Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications to share the link you can also watch our pastor pastor pascal live on our facebook page alive bible church hq or on our youtube channel alive bible church sa remember you are alive to give life